Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are going to be continuing our study through 2 Timothy. And of course, we're continuing looking at chapter 3. And we come to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 and 11 today. And I'm really excited about this because this passage is one of the most significant passages in the entire Bible concerning discipleship. It really is just one of those passages, just much like 2 Timothy 2.2. It is all about discipleship, and discipleship is just incredibly important. We are called to go and to make disciples. That is the Great Commission. And this passage, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, really start to dive in deep about what a disciple should look like what it should look like in your life. And of course, in the first nine verses of 2 Timothy chapter 3, we've really seen a lot of negatives. Stay away from these kind of people. Don't be like this. These people are bad and these people are evil. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 10, we see a change here, a positive where it is you have Timothy on one side and you have these other evil men on the other side. And the apostle Paul says, avoid these men. And he goes and he commends Timothy for how he has lived his life, for how he has been a faithful disciple. But let's get into it and let's read 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. But know this, that the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away." For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jamboras resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was." But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecutions, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now we come to verses 10 and 11, and it says this once again, just a reminder. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. We see here this commendation for Timothy. 
that the Apostle Paul goes and gives, and he's talking about Timothy as a faithful disciple, that he is a faithful disciple. And he really gives a picture of what a faithful disciple should look like. And it starts off with that phrase, but you have carefully followed. You have carefully followed. Now, this phrase, it means completely conformed, completely conformed. Now, now this is important to understand because, of course, we, we understand the principle and we realize the fact that, that men are imperfect, save Jesus Christ, of course, that men are imperfect. And when you choose to follow a man, many times people go and say, oh, that's bad. But then we have to remember what did Scripture say? The Apostle Paul went and said, you follow me as I follow Christ. We, we are to go and to follow people. We are to go to follow people as long as they're following Christ. And we understand that, that men are imperfect. They're not perfect. They do sin. We understand that. But this is a principle here that really comes up that is important to understand and th that is necessary when it comes to discipleship. And this is the idea of submission. You see, God goes and he delegates authority. And this is this is something that, that, I mean, I've talked a lot about, and I could continue to talk a lot about it, probably will continue to talk a lot about it, because we don't understand this concept. God goes and he delegates authority. The easiest way to see this is in the family unit. And even though this is completely uh, trampled over by our society today, we, we still do relatively understand this, that it, within the family unit, you have parents and you have children. Children are to obey their parents in the Lord for this is right. Now, we could get even more into family government if we would like sometime, but just for the illustration here, it's, it's simple enough to go and to say, look, God delegates authority to parents, and they're to and those parents are to exercise that authority over their children, and therefore the children are to obey, they're to submit, or as what I just read here, they are to carefully follow or completely conform. They're to completely conform. It takes submission to do that. And spiritually, we should go and conform to others. We should go and submit to others. In fact, it's necessary that we submit. If we can't submit horizontally on this earth, it is doubtful, if not impossible, that we will truly submit to God because God goes and he delegates authority. Part of our submission to God is to be submitted to others. Now, of course, that's within that delegated authority. If they tell you to do something wrong, they're going outside of what God has delegated to them, and we ought to go and to oppose them in that or stand against it. I understand there are people who go and they abuse, whether it's it's physically, whether it's spiritually, whether it's emotionally. I understand there are all of those abuses, but those who abuse and those who, who recognize that there's abuse, none of that undermines, or none of that rather, I should say, eradicates the true authority that's still there in those positions. You see, so many times we like to go in life and show, look, something was bad. And because something was bad, we come out and we say, so look, uh, or maybe I should say somebody was bad. And because we come out here and we look and we see somebody was bad, we go and we say, look, so now we, we shouldn't follow uh, anybody who's in that position. Well, that's not, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. That, 
uh, that that doesn't take away the authority of the position. That doesn't take away the delegated authority that God gave, the order that God set. But we see this here. Timothy was a disciple of the Apostle Paul, and so he submitted to the Apostle Paul. And so he carefully follows or he completely conforms. And what does he completely conform to or carefully follow? Well, his doctrine. Now, this word, interestingly, here, it, it really gets that idea uh, of teaching or instruction is that concept, of course, of doctrine. A lot of times we say the word doctrine, but we don't really know what it means. It simply means teaching. Here, I believe it it, it probably would indicate a little bit more of that instruction it would fit within the context of what all is being said here. Uh, but it's this, this idea that the Apostle Paul would go and instruct Timothy, or he would teach Timothy, and Timothy would actually go and do these things. He would apply those teachings, that instruction, to his life. He would conform to the teaching that was there. And then we also see, interestingly, that the Apostle Paul says, manner of life. And this is that idea of mode of living. Quite literally, the uh, the relationship that Timothy had to Paul is that he saw how Paul was living, and he would pattern his life after what Paul was doing. So if if Paul would go and you know wake up at five in the morning, well, Timothy would go and wake up at five in the morning. If Paul would go and eat his lunch at you know twelve thirty seven every day, I don't know what Paul did. Then Timothy would go and take his lunch break there at twelve thirty seven every day because he wanted to go and to live like the Apostle Paul. He wanted to be similar to him. He was looking for things that he could go and incorporate into his life. This is what a disciple does. They pattern their life after the person that they're following. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that they're a complete mimic, but it does mean that they're patterning patterning their life after that person. I remember in the the, the first pastorate that I had, uh, there, there were a couple of young uh, teens when I got there, uh, teen boys, uh, and uh, they would go and look at my life, and pretty soon, you know, they I noticed that, man, they changed the way that they were dressing. I never told them that they needed to wear, uh, you, you know, a suit and a tie. I, I never told them that. I never made an issue of it. I never said anything about it. I don't think there's anything wrong if somebody does say something about it, but I never did at that point in time. They just started patterning their life after me. They would pretty soon go and I would notice that they would pick up this thing or pick up that thing uh, of a habit of mine or something like that. And you can really see that in your children. <laughs> Let me tell you, when you have children, you'll notice uh, you'll, they'll say a phrase, you'll think, where did they get that phrase? And then somebody point out, you say that all the time. Oh man, do I? But it's that is what a disciple is supposed to do. The next thing we see here is purpose. Timothy followed Paul's purpose of life. And it's literally that idea of a setting forth or that direction in life, that, that, that true north that somebody has, that economy that dictates that person's life. I, 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 my wife and I talk about this, Sarah and I talk about this all the time. 
uh, quite a bit about what what is our economies because uh, it's it's that thing that drives you that purpose that you have and in my life loyalty is something that is is really really big I I, I let me tell you if I've got a friend who who's there and somebody comes up against my friend I can hardly stand it but to go and to defend my friend just to go and to defend that per, that person because I'm I'm just somebody who loyalty is something that is really really big in my life and it, it means that I'm I'm drawn close to people quickly in quick ways because I look at them and I'm quickly show my loyalty to them because well that's the economy that I have in my life. Well, we see here with Paul and Timothy, Timothy went and he founded the economy that is in Paul's life, his purpose, and he followed after that. He adopted that same economy that drives him, that currency that he has, where he goes and he really values that trait in someone's life. We see the next thing here, it's it's faith. He followed the Apostle Paul's faith quite literally how he believed God for things, which if you look at the Apostle Paul's life, he really had a strong faith, obviously. That's an understatement, perhaps one of the most biggest understatements of the century. He had an incredible faith where he believed God for many things, where God got him out of all these troubles, all these persecutions. Well, Timothy saw that, and he conformed to that faith. Wow. Then it says here his long sufferings. You know, this is where a, a, those first ones you might be able to get a, a people to follow you in, or maybe you're choosing to follow someone, and you're saying, "Yeah, I can follow their teachings. I can follow their their, their manner of life, even even their purpose." And you, you know, wow, I can I can see that they have great faith, and I can strive to have that faith to conform to it. But what about their long suffering? What about their their, their patience? in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of great trials. Can you conform to that? Can you pick up that from them? Can you conform your life to have those same that same long-suffering, that same patience? Well, the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you suffer with them. That's the reality. You have to suffer with them. Maybe the the the, the uh, attack wasn't personally against you, but you have identified so much with that person. You've gone and said, I am on your team. I am following you. That when somebody else attacks them, you go, it's like they're attacking me. And, and you're suffering with this. You're going through this hardship. You're going through this difficulty. So I'm going to go through it with you. It's going to be as though I'm going through it when you go through it. That's what Timothy did with Paul. But then it also says his, his love, his love. And this is specifically a love for others. It's that, that agape love that, that it's, it's talking about here, or agapo. And it's that concept of, of how you are to love others and loving specifically in a sacrificial type manner, a giving of yourself. That's the love that Timothy saw in Paul, and he conformed his life to love others in that same way. This is what a disciple is supposed to have in their life. Then we see here perseverance or enduring, enduring. 
Timothy saw what Paul endured, and he conformed his life to endure with Paul, but also to endure like Paul when those same difficult situations would come up in his life. And of course, then we have verse 11 that talks about the persecutions and afflictions, and it happened to him at these different places that Timothy would be able to identify and remember and say, yes, I did go through those persecutions. I did go through those afflictions right with you, Paul. This is what Paul is going and saying about Timothy, that he was an exemplary disciple. And if you desire to be a disciple, these are the kind of traits that you need to have in your life. You need to completely conform or you need to carefully follow someone's doctrine, their manner of life, their purpose, their faith, their long-suffering, their love, their perseverance, their persecutions, their afflictions. You need to do that. You need to submit yourself in that way and, of course, follow them as they follow Christ. Why? Because you need to be discipling others, and you need to be showing them these exact same things, and they need to be following you. Because if you're running as hard as you can towards Christ, and they're following you, what does that mean? It means they're running as hard as they can towards Christ. And then one day they'll pick up the baton, and somebody will be following them. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may be able to observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. has already begun Know that God's up to something